2: Proud member of Sports Drink Network. It is August 8th, 2022. This is Tom coming to you from the veranda of the Washington, D.C. outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston outpost. And today we are competing on the basis of heat and humidity.
0: Do you think it's a competition? D.C.? Underrated humidity in terms of uh, cities in the world? Obviously, Houston is like equator hot. So it's hot, but we have hot news to discuss because wishes do come true. I think it was last week when I said, I really wish they would just get Deontay Johnson on like a three-year contract. Sure enough, two-year extension for incredibly cheap. I mean, what's he making, Dad? I mean, I'm sure you'll read out the contract to everybody right now, but it's under 20 mil. It's like 16 mil a year. They get Deontay Johnson locked up for an extra two years. So that's three years total this year and then the next two. And you kind of get to see if George Pickens turns into that guy and then you can let Deontay go. Uh, or see what happens, or franchise tag him if you're on the edge of a Super Bowl or something like that. But what they've done is Omar Khan has completely changed. That's a little wind there from the veranda, so you guys kind of get to hear. Oh, it's it's blowing your hair around. It's glorious. <laughs> it's it's pretty good, guys. Um, Omar Khan has really changed up the way the Steelers do business. These every year we talk to the audience uh, about. Hey, don't even consider Cam Hayward or A.B., or T.J. Watt, or name the star player. Don't even consider them or worry about them getting a contract until literally days before the game, the first game. They usually, uh, Colbert would make them wait until within three days before the first game. I think even some of them got it, like Cam, like the day before the first game. Uh, Omar does not want that. So now he has completed a pretty... Inarguably spectacular offseason I mean I think it's it's really awesome The one big thing you, you do wonder about Whether people like it or not Is the, the Kenny Pickett selection Like is that really going to be worth more than A Mitch Trubisky or not We'll find out um, Jerry still out on that But otherwise he shored up some depth on the offensive line Wasn't overly aggressive about that But still shored it up And then he locked in the Steelers' core of star players and guys who have been reliable for every single game. Deontay, yes, a couple of those drop games or whatever. But really, if you look at his drop percentage, it's extremely low after this past year. And uh, you got TJ Boswell, four-year deal, right? Uh, Minka. Yeah, anyways, pretty incredible. Uh, I'm very pumped that they've locked Deontay up that way. And... What do you think about the how cheap it was? I mean, they, they got him for a steal, it feels like. Do you think the agent is looking around and talking to other teams, I know they do that, and and measuring, like, hey, are you guys gonna pay this guy? Is Washington gonna pay him 20 million? And maybe he didn't get people to bite? That would really surprise me. What do you think about how cheap the deal is?
2: I tried to look at this several different ways to, to see if he was at the sort of top of the the list in terms of some some kind of measure of this contract because it it does seem insane. I mean calling it a team friendly deal is uh, is is an understatement. But the one thing I looked at that that seemed to put him in the upper echelon is the guaranteed money per years of the contract. So he really has extended his contract for two years and the guarantee um, is about nine million dollars. So, compared to everybody else, wow. that is um, the only people who got more than him DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and Terry McLaren. So, if you, every other measure, he, he, is, he is low ranked really? in terms of annual, you know, sort of the average annual salary, obviously the contract value, and the guaranteed signing bonus puts him pretty low on the list. But it's only for two years. So, if you, guar- if you divide the guarantee that a player got by the number of uh, years he's going to play, Deontay's pretty high on that list.
0: Wait, you're talking about the guarantees? Like, you, you, nine million is a high guarantee for the receivers? Are you saying?
2: It's so. The, his actual guarantee is seventeen five. Uh huh. The practical guarantee is nineteen million. You know, it's almost the same thing. If you divide that by two years, that is the nine million I'm talking about. So he has. Gotcha. If you divide the full guarantee by the number of years, that's kind of the way I'm looking at it, and that that puts him up in the upper echelon.
0: Well, okay. So I just wonder who that uh, that group is hey because you said uh, Hopkins and DK. I know D- I'm looking at Debo Samuel. He got 41 million guaranteed. That's a big one. What yeah. about and then let's see what what's up with Terry? He Porn. got it for three know. years.
2: He got 41 million for for three years. So his guarantee per year is actually a little lower than Deontay's.
0: Interesting. That's very cool. Okay, so that that speaks to the, the change though, right? That De- like. They're getting guaranteed money, they're getting signed in August, (laughs) times are changing for the Steelers. I I find it very hard to argue with with what they've done so far. Look,
2: I am not going to uh, find ways to criticize O as we call him, Um, but let's face it, he got an increase of $30 million on the the cap, and he got $32 million with uh, Ben's departure from the team. So he had another sixty million dollars to work with, frankly.
0: And to get a guy like Deontay, who hasn't, who probably has not even scratched the surface with how bad the offensive line has been, and as much as I hate to say it, people get older. How bad the quarterback play has been—not throwing the ball downfield consistently. Like Deontay hasn't—he hasn't peaked. He hasn't peaked athletically. He hasn't peaked talent-wise, and he hasn't peaked by having enough help around him. So this is an insane steal. This reminds me a lot of the Antonio... We talk about him constantly. I talk about him constantly. But it's such a good comparison because so much of the Steelers' business in the past decade was kind of based around that guy. But it reminds me of when they offered Mike Wallace a contract. Mike Wallace said, nope, it's not enough. And they literally took the same contract. They changed the name to Antonio Brown and they handed it to Antonio Brown after like his second or third year right before he became a superstar. And then he ended up playing on this contract which ended up being... Ex- uh, um, Like offensively cheap for him. It was so, he was like the 16th highest paid receiver when he was breaking the NFL records for receiving every single year. And you know what's funny? If you look back, he did not complain about it because he was so famous. They kept uh, pushing like $3 million a year in training camp to Antonio Brown, like to keep him happy. But you didn't hear him. Uh, get angry about the contract. I think in those days it was just, it was just such roses, you know, with the with him and Ben and and Le'Veon and the offense that way. But this does remind me of that um, getting the guy for under market value. It also reminds me of like Heinz uh, Ward and. I think i want to say like Timmins, these guys who took deals basically to play for the Steelers for less money and we try to talk on the podcast about how you don't want to urge players to do that because generally the teams are going to take more advantage of the players like they're going to cut you the second you don't live up to your contract because quote unquote you're not living up to a contract but they're not going to give you a raise like why is joe burrow not one of the highest paid football players yet. Well, we don't have to pay them until next year, you know? So it's it's not a two-way street, unfortunately. So that being said, it still does happen in Pittsburgh where people take less money to stay there and be part of it. And I think that the Steelers have a really good culture right now. I think that the obvious giant elephant in the room is are you going to be able to win in this current era of insane quarterback play without one of the very top guys we're going to see obviously they'll they'll have a chance but they got a bunch of guys who are star players they got a bunch of guys who have been on the team for a while and everybody's kind of coming up together fourth fifth sixth year in their prime they've played together for a while and then i just don't think that you can count out the mike tomlin factor that people and Omar Khan and the Roonies, that people just like being around in Pittsburgh. And I think that's a huge part of the contract.
2: I think it's undeniable that there is a a culture there that that, uh, players like. I think we talked about this earlier this week. How many guys come from other teams that can tell the current players And this is a quote from uh, Deontay, which we're going to use in the title of the podcast. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. They hear about the stories where, I mean, I I think we've uh, we surmise Mike Tomlin is pretty straight with everybody. Um, He probably gives these guys advice and uh, Deontay has much said that he he talked to Tomlin about it. So you're right. I I think culturally, I'm I'm so glad they kept Omar Khan, if if only for that fact, you know, the, the consistency and the people you see every day. Uh, the players around you. Speaking of which, yeah. did, you, you may have heard the same uh, statistic I did. How many guys in Latrobe this week have been there before? Out of the ninety guys on the roster.
0: Oh, that's insane! So, has a, is, have, were they gone for two or three years? Two years. I bet you it's like five guys. Right? It's twenty, but it's still, okay, that, that was stupid. It's pretty striking, gone, right? More. Yeah, I just immediately think Hayward and Boswell, and then I'm like, well, I guess TJ. But you're right, twenty, you know far under half of the, the game day roster. It really has turned over, but,
2: but there's let me, just
0: a lot of likable young guys. It's cool, yeah. Well,
2: speaking of likable, I just want to go back to something you said about Deontay, comparing Deontay to Antonio. And I am just comparing their, their statistics. Through three years, you know, in, in year three of Antonio's career at Pittsburgh, he had 66 receptions. The next year it jumped to 110, and then it went to 100, um, <coughs> 129 in his fifth year. Already, um, Deontay has, what do we have? Eighty-eight or hundred and seven receptions in the last year. Now, he might not have quite as many yards as uh, Antonio did, but it's interesting. That, that Maybe number... an
0: understatement there. What's yeah, that? Yeah. <laughs> that may be an understatement. I, I, I bet his average is about freaking half of what AB was getting. And, and, and but it's just the. Unfor- it's not really to compare. Not really. I, I'm just
2: trying to. I'm just trying to follow up on your your comment about. Deontay still not having reached his potential and I you know using Antonio as a, right. a, a Benchmark if you will it's interesting. I don't know if he'll ever explode like Antonio did, but it does Seem to indicate yeah. there, there's some upside and he, he has gotten more receptions yeah. and more yardage Hines over Ward, time too.
0: Same way like Heinz Ward kind of hit his prime like six seven eight years in his career But of course all of those things <laughs> All of those guys hit the prime because of one thing when Ben hit his prime or when you got to play with Ben And there were other good players on the team and so that again backs up the thing about Deontay it's like he hasn't even played with like a like a really good passing offense yet and he still put up these numbers and you got to be careful with catches because so many of those can be manufactured but you don't catch over 100 passes without being a really good player and and obviously we just seen him make plays at every part of the field so he's a beast he's still at a thousand
2: yards um did you watch the post-contract signing interview with Deontay
0: I just saw bits and pieces, but you were saying he looked pretty happy. Back. Oh,
2: my gosh. You know, so he talked about praying the night before, you know, when he had his offer on the table. And he, he said over and over again, you know, I'm not comparing. Good for these other guys, you know, getting their payday. That's I don't measure myself by that. And he was generally, genuinely, it seemed, happy. I mean, he kept grinning. Every time somebody asked a question, a probing question, but like, Why would you do that, dude? They didn't come out and say it that way, but everybody's sort of quizzical. And he was just smiling. I think he was relieved, happy. He genuinely likes, you said it, being in Pittsburgh, and the guys in the locker room seemed to be a big part of this.
0: And so again as you get older and you realize you can't be asking players to give team-friendly deals whereas like when i'm growing up and dad like before we're on twitter and, and there's a bunch of football media we generally would think we want to keep the Steelers. like why wouldn't you take a team-friendly deal to stay on the team and then you grow up and you realize a little bit okay it's it's complicated that way so putting that fact aside i don't think it's i don't think it's as bad of a deal as it looks for Deontay because of a couple things so number one He is awesome, but he's not Debo Samuel or DK Metcalf or AJ Brown. Like they have so much leverage in what they've done already that the ability to threaten their team and how much of those teams revolve around that guy is like I don't know they just have a little bit more leverage and power where even if you wonder like well what if deontay had played with one of those quarterbacks maybe he could be as good we don't know that for sure and with those guys it's a sure thing so i can see them having a much easier time being like i need this money i need it now also uh but he's 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 rich now he's rich and the deal is short and especially with the way he plays like he could definitely get two more big contracts after he'll definitely get one big one like whatever after happens after this three like he's gonna his game's gonna last for a long time with how crafty he is and again he takes care of his body he's like one of those guys he's very down to earth that way but he's rich now he doesn't have to worry about that he was not before he's gonna get another bite at the apple and just overwhelmingly like he'd be able to get another deal like this so I think what Deontay has done is you know with some of these players and even with like Le'Veon Bell, like a running back, you only get one big contract. You're not rich for the rest of your life. People don't realize because you got to cut the money in half for agents and taxes and stuff like that. And then you still got to, you got to figure out your next chapter no matter what, right? As a football player. But there's a difference between the guys who have the pressure to figure it out and the guys who are set. And I think this contract weirdly, Puts Deontay in, like, ah, oh, you're going to be set, like, category. Because, like I said, let's just hope he stays healthy and everything like that. Uh, but you would assume, overwhelmingly likely, if you're playing the percentages, he's still going to be a really good player in three years. And even if he doesn't end up being a top 10 NFL receiver, he's going to get another contract. And so, and it's going to be more than $10 million. So, like, he's rich now. He gets to stay in the Steelers organization, which is a great place to be. He seems like a super quiet, humble, down-to-earth guy too. So I could see him just wanting that stability. And uh, he's the star player for one of the premier teams that is kind of looking up now. So I, I actually don't even think it's a bad deal for him necessarily, even though you could have squeezed out a couple million dollars, what, three more million dollars a year, something like, okay, whatever.
2: Well, I think that's what we're talking about because you wonder, I've wondered why Juju stuck around, right? And I, I guess the yeah. real reason is the market <laughs> dried up, but he but he, went to a team with a, a, a prolific quarterback and Deontay c- presumably could have done that, but you make a good point. I don't want to make light of, let's say $4 million, cut it in half, $2 right. million, dollars, right, right. but yeah. he got his generational wealth. You're right, it seems like he's destined for another one to two big contracts and again watch that interview you just see he's he has to he's like a guy who wants to be happy in life and it's not well I wouldn't say it's not all it's not all about the money because you're right he could have squeezed out more he wanted the quality of life and it's just it's great for all of us speaking of money Boswell money in figurative and literal terms he just signed a, a new contract you know he's sort of off the radar from me and this just sort of came up but so happy he has a contract that's the equivalent of Justin Tucker's in terms of uh, the, the amount he's being
0: paid. Yeah, obviously he deserves it. We know Justin Tucker's probably the best kicker in NFL history, but it's funny, they're in the same division, and so it's funny, like, how far is Boswell behind him? I mean, it's, the, Boswell's unbelievable. I heard, Mac. so McAfee is friends with Boswell. He loves Boswell. He's a big fan. And there's a couple things that always strike me because when McAfee announced Boswell's contract, because it, it's McAfee's show, so the kicker's and punter's contracts will get announced. <laughs> He's awesome about that. The first thing he always mentions with Boswell, it's funny, is his bad, the fact that he weathered that bad year. He's – because also if he's from Pittsburgh, so he talks about it from the angle of like if you have a bad year in Pittsburgh, it is hard to come back from because the fan base is going to kill you. And so he always mentions like that, yeah, he's gone through some tough times in Pittsburgh, but he made it through. And I appreciate that, but I always think that's a weird categorization of Boswell's career. You and I talked about it plenty on the podcast, but I I feel like that – year it was the aberration. That was three years ago, maybe, by now. And then other than that, he's just been an absolutely elite kicker for his entire career. And we found out after that year that it it does seem like he had an injury that was really affecting that. And of course, you know, people got to play through injuries, but you're a kicker you only do one motion all the time there's no way to work around it if aaron Rodgers has a has a bad ankle he can try and pass more from the pocket he can do some things to work around it you're a kicker it's the same motion every time you know that injury is a big deal and uh so anyways i like when i think of boswell i just smile just thank god for boswell the, the safety blanket of all of pittsburgh what a great guy uh, so reliable As Tone Diggs said on McAfee's show like, It just feels so good knowing that like, If it's under 55 and he goes out there like, It's overwhelming that he, The odds that he's going to make it And even if it is over 55 He's, he's probably going to make it um, But then uh, McAfee also talks about The technical aspect of Boswell which is similar To Tucker In the fact that they just hit balls Really pure which means The ball always spins end over end it doesn't uh, lean a little diagonal or slanted. And so when they when they spin end over end, the wind doesn't take them as much and you're just like a more consistent kicker. And he talks about sitting down, I think, in Tequila Cowboy, or at least in one of the bars next to Heinz Field. McAfee had drinks with Boswell in there a while ago, and he's asking him, how do you kick the ball so pure, Boz? And Boz just takes a sip of his beer and says, I don't know. And that's boss, and that's why we love him. He really, and he's laughing, he's like, and he's telling the truth, he really doesn't know. He just gets out there and hits it, and that's how it goes. So that's the perfect kicker, and it's, and it's good for me. Like, he's a killer, he is a killer bee. I do consider him part of the killer bee group. Like, he was so huge in those years that it's nice for me personally to still have some vestige of that era, which I loved so much. Impossible. Well,
2: um, I was reading about, so one of the things is Justin Tucker has like 360 attempts and Boz is like 200. So I think yeah. Tucker's like three or four more yeah, years Tucker's in the league. The... But they, you know, and, and Tucker got his deal two years ago. So relative, yes, they both got $20 million and $5 million in guaranteed. But it's still, I wonder what Tucker will get in his next contract, which I think is up next year. Anyway, more but Boz, what <laughs> when you look at Boz's career, after having kicked even attempted very few field goals from over 50 yards he went bananas oh, yeah. right i mean like he's at an 80 percent success rate from over 50 yards two game winners yeah. last year i mean so
0: in pittsburgh
2: yeah a in a very pittsburgh. what is n- known to be a very difficult stadium to kick at now it's probably I mean, gotten better since they've idea. renamed it
0: yeah acro sure uh, damn it acro sure boswell's gonna make this one And that's bad. So a Uh, a lot
2: of what we were talking about before, uh, contingencies on quarterbacks. I know uh, we continue to talk about next to nothing. It's training camp. But things still haven't gotten any better in the last seven days, have they?
0: Didn't Mitch go 0 for 16 on goal line? I know he was playing with, like, Cody White, your guy, and a bunch of backups. But, I mean, that is not good. (laughs) It just sounds like the quarterback play is not good at all. And uh honestly i would say you shouldn't be that worried but my only issue is with mitch because you sort of think like what are you in your sixth year dude like i mean i get it with pickett being in his first year not being uh, super experienced in nfl offenses and not having overwhelming physical talent so for him okay that should take a while for mitch it's a little bit like why not you the second pick in the draft, dude? Like, you can't even just, like, athletically figure it out. So that's – I will say that is a little disappointing, but obviously we sort of set our expectations where they needed to be for this preseason in terms of we're not really going to be able to tell much about the quarterback play. Everybody's getting so few reps, and it is what it is. But you, you definitely don't love – tuning in to every time Alex Cazora or somebody's posting stats and it's just the quarterback suck again. It's kind of a bummer.
2: Yeah. We don't want to be apologists. We don't know. We don't know what's going on. I mean, oh. he's going to get Deontay back. And by, by all accounts, Deontay had a f- great first practice back. You, you wonder whether it's a lack of something on Mitch's part or the, the team he's running with, or just the fact this defense is, is uh, suffocating. And now, speaking of defense, Mick is back. I mean, he had hurt his, uh, I guess, wrist in a bike accident on vacation, but he is back on the field, so that won't make things easier.
0: No, and speaking of defensive backfield members being injured, it looks like Cam Sutton, they were worried that he might have a serious injury, but it looks like it was reported today or yesterday that uh, it's not going to be a big deal. So, thankfully, Steelers have been healthy. Hopefully, they're going to stay healthy, knock on wood here. Uh, uh, Got it. And... They're being cautious with some of these star guys like Najee, uh, not rushing them back, and I just I couldn't agree more. And it is nice with Najee, even though you know I always feel bad for talking bad about Den- Benny Snell, aka Jonathan Dwyer II. But and they do need a better running back than him, but it is nice that he's been on the team for a while. So when Najee goes out, you got a guy who can go in, and he's very familiar with the system. So your your offense isn't really going to lose a ton of like continuity in terms of being able to get reps although I just wish that they would freaking use Najee as a receiver more this year that is so weird that they did not utilize that element of his game and that's one thing that they could really be practicing with Najee if they had him in practice and I think some people made some jokes about uh, Alex Kazora once again, some jokes about the Steelers using their favorite training camp tradition of the Pony backfield with the two running backs, which they use uh, frequently in training camp and then abandon immediately once they get in the games. But Anthony McFarland's had a bunch of great runs at a Pony, and I'm when I see that, it it registers nowhere on my scale. Like just I've heard that. Story too many times, and I've said it when we've seen him in games. He is so much faster than any running back the Steelers have had in literally like 10 years. It is noticeable. His his speed's incredible, but it he has been awful when he's been on the field. And I don't like the pony backfield thing, anyways. I don't think that that's that much of an advantage. If you have two running backs, you have none. Just well, oh, you have two fast guys. No, give me another receiver on the field, or if give me a lead blocker. But Whatever. We'll see if they're going to trick him and dick him to death, if that's what Matt Canada's strategy is going to be. Give me Dan Kreider back. Oh, please, Rosie and Kreider. That's what I want to see. two fullbacks. Well,
2: let me see if I can tie this into what you were saying. I wanted to mention that training camp was cut short on Thursday. And what was really striking to me is the interview with Mike Tomlin, who, who noted that they had missed 11 plays because of the cutting the practice short. And I'll go back to something we talked about time on the field is so precious right you know cam cam hayward isn't worried about it but there are 70 guys worried about getting snaps and the fact that yeah. 11 is a significant cutback is just interesting to me I mean there's a lot of um, individual drills during the day and but the the chance to work out in uh, with team action is unbelievably important to these guys they uh, so the weather not only disrupted the Thursday practice, it, it cut off Friday night lights. What do you know of the history of Friday night lights in the
0: stellars? I don't I don't know. You don't know where uh, it, it emanated from? No. I mean I'm sure they're just imitating high school Friday Night Lights, right?
2: I think it well the, the story is that Bill Cowher initiated it because he wanted the players to get used to playing at different times in different venues to start getting a feel for that, since you know, obviously you're never gonna, you're not gonna play at one o'clock on Sundays at home uh, for 16 or 17 games a year. So that was interesting. And yeah, I think they make a big deal about the Steelers having to ride over to the Latrobe Memorial Stadium in their equipment, like, like it is high school. Um, I guess they, you're getting like fifteen to seventeen thousand people at those Friday night light games. It must be something. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can muster a little time next year.
0: I know we've been talking about making the journey. I think that we're getting closer and closer to actually making it happen. That'd be a lot of fun. You know, it's funny you talk about the Friday night lights and young players, and you get a harken back to those high school days, those unbeatable high school Friday night, night light games. Alex Kazora had another tweet over here that says The Steelers camp leaders In receptions, George Pickens 11. Targets, George Pickens 21. Yards, Calvin Austin the third, one 160 Steelers rookie receivers headlining the summer Hashtag Steelers Those guys have been getting a lot of burn. They've been awesome I think that that's been probably the, the, the Most fun aspect of training camp, so that's Nice um, I have a random Another harken back to high school Thing, I don't know why I just thought of this, but the PLL, the Pro Lacrosse League, run by Maryland great, D.C. area legend, Paul Rabel from DeMatha High School and then Johns Hopkins University. Um, they did – I don't know if you saw this, Dad. This is the most awesome uniform switch-up of any pro league of all time. They took – I think they have like eight to ten teams. Let's just say they have eight teams, right? They took all eight teams. Somebody made a tweet asking for this, I believe, months ago, and they saved it and then did it later. Took all eight teams. Redid all their logos and all their jerseys to be like 90s old school. So the jerseys are now like the big hole mesh, like the the mesh with like the big holes that you'd have on football teams and lacrosse teams in the late 90s. And then the logos stylistically reflected that too. It was such a tremendous victory. I looked at the uniforms and a lot of them I thought, that's actually kind of cooler than their current uniforms. I wish the Steelers would do that or, um, you know – uh and any NFL team, like, give me the cutoff jersey, big hole mesh stuff, and let's do Friday Night Lights. That would be spectacular. How about
2: tearaways while you're at it?
0: Yes, more of that. Neck rolls, cowboy collars, all that stuff.
2: I watched uh, Jack Ham Jack came up this week in some, something I was watching, so I went back and looked at his highlights. Jack Ham was more magnificent than I ever remember. There's so many yes. big names on that team, and, and yeah, yeah. whatever I was listening to just said, Jack Ham was like the perfect player. He would have had a rating of 99 to 100 because yes. he just knew the game so well, knew where to be, was able to execute perfectly. You gotta watch that highlight video. I'm down. Hey, Send it to me. So we're gonna go from highlights to lowlights. Deshaun Watson continues to be in the news, and interestingly, this uh, NFL had appointed, is it Sue Robinson? Former judge? Yes, Sue uh, Robinson. Who concluded that Deshaun should be suspended for six games, and now the NFL is appealing that
0: decision. First off here, Dad, you can check out some of the, some of it here. You can see his pads through the holes in the mesh. I'm currently showing Dad a picture that I will retweet of you guys, or for you guys, of the, uh, the PLL stuff with the old school jerseys. Okay, so just for some background, I think that the the situation with Deshaun Watson's suspension ruling is convoluted. So a few things we have to remember. In the last CBA, collective bargaining agreement, the NFL players union decided, hey, we are tired of Roger Goodell having complete and total power over suspensions because he keep, he has no consistency in these things. He'll suspend James Harris in five games for hitting someone in the head and Ray Rice two games for punching his girlfriend in the throat on an elevator until the film comes out and then he suspends him more and calvin ridley you know so on and so forth the suspensions and their durations have been a point of contention for a while so in this recent agreement the nfl agreed that we will have an appointed outside judge to rule on these cases in the suspensions and they hired sue l robinson who is a retired federal judge i believe dad to be this independent arbitrator. However, the NFL still has appeal rights. So at the end of the day, if Roger Goodell and the NFL do not like a ruling, they can just, I'm oversimplifying, but more or less they can appeal it and then make the ruling themselves. So we're back at square one, right? So just when speaking about the trial, you have to remember, I believe it was like 24 cases uh, by the end of deshauns you know, it was 24 cases that were suing and he settled with all but four of them and then i believe one of those four was just a media report and not a person so really they're just kind of uh, interviewing three witnesses during this trial and sue l robinson can is not allowed to take into account all 24 cases even though obviously she would know about them unless she lived a rock. she's really only trying these four cases and For whatever reason, she just kept coming back to the point of it was a nonviolent crime by Deshaun Watson, which is is really disgusting because the New York Times reported that he has over 66 massage therapists. Uh, Cleveland now has just said he's only allowed to use team-appointed therapists. By the way, it was the National Massage Therapist Convention in Cleveland this past weekend. So unbelievable humor there. Uh, That is a true story. Um, But you have to remember that. You can't. But that's what Sue Robinson was ruling on. And so when he gets the six games and everyone's saying, Calvin Ridley gets uh, an entire season for gambling, but this um, accused serial uh, sex offender uh, alleged, um, he only gets six games. This is insane. Sue Robinson was talking about it not being a violent crime, and she she pointed out the fact that the NFL does not have precedent on suspensions. She basically pointed out the same thing the Players Union did. Like, Hey, you guys have no organization when it comes to this, so I'm going to try to create a new precedent. So there's actual precedent to work off of. And so I'm not defending her at all. I think that that's atrocious that she ruled that way, but um, that's why he's suspended for six games. Then, as we, everyone pretty much predicted, because the public outcry was substantial, right, right? Uh, for this, the mere six games that the guys that the guy got, when Calvin Ridley, who was out of the NFL last year, not playing on a team, not participating, he bet 1500 bucks on a parlay, which I believe would require multiple teams to win, so how could you rig that anyways, especially not being on a team? And they give him the entire year because it's all about money for the NFL. They know if you have sex offenders in the NFL, people will still watch. Teams will still people would cheer for them if you mess with the gambling aspect of the NFL you could lose sponsorships and you could lose people betting that way so so on and so forth but you got to remember it two different organizations made those rulings Roger Goodell in the NFL suspended Calvin Ridley Sue Robinson suspended Deshaun Watson but as predicted the NFL did appeal the suspension although Roger Goodell will not be the one making the ruling so he kind of took himself out of it so it's very interesting we'll see where that goes obviously this is relevant for the steelers because no matter what he's suspended for the six games so the steelers will not play him in the first matchup but there still is a year-long suspension on the table it would not be crazy if that happened so we'll see if the steelers get Deshaun watson once or twice for cleveland this year
2: well what's interesting is you're asking yourself well who's listening to the appeal it's not like you're in the federal court system the appeal is actually going to Peter Harvey, former New Jersey Attorney General, um, and, and it's being characterized as having been delegated by Goodell. So th- this isn't quite independent. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure if it has to be. I mean, the, the NFL is basically appealing to one of its own, essentially, even though he is not an employee. He was part of the. He helped draft the current conduct uh, personal conduct policy. I guess that's a positive. Somebody who knows that policy from the inside. But that's who's going to make the – and I don't know if that ruling would be any more final than Sue Robinson's. We'll see what the NFL gets out of it.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how many – what the Steelers schedule is going to look like as a result. Sports Drink, everybody. We'd like to thank Sports Drink for sponsoring our podcast. Look, Sports Drink is basically your digital water cooler. It finds the intersection of sports, culture, sports, fandom, hatred of other fandoms, love for your own fandom, and really, it hosts the Steelers Outpost podcast. So the ultimate team is represented on the network along with many others. We'd like to thank them for hosting our podcast. You can check them out on all the socials at SportsDrink. That's Sports Drink without the vowels there, at S-P-R-T-S, Drunk. You got it, right? Thank you, Sports Drink. Anyways, I think dad was just disconnected out there in the nature of DC, but thank you guys for tuning into this episode of the Steelers Outpost podcast. We are going to have a game to report on soon. We were talking earlier before the podcast that I think this is the fastest preseason I can ever remember, and I don't know what it is, and I thought, well, maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but dad echoed the same thoughts, and I said, well, you know, man, you know, no offense. You're a lot older than me, so I don't know why we'd be coming to the same conclusion. But then we kind of thought, well, in football watching years and in football following years, we we are the same age because his fandom was re, you know uh, reignited when he and I started watching together at the uh, the Cordell Stewart era there, and so. It's been fun that it's been so fast. There's been a ton of changes, but the Steelers have kept a lot in place, and I think that that's kind of what this episode is about is there are still great pieces on the Steelers who are in the middle of their primes, which should stretch for a while longer, and they've locked all those guys out pretty much, so that's very exciting. Tune in next week, Steelers Outpost podcast. Follow us on the socials at Steelers Outpost. Email us at Outpost at gmail.com. Until next week, go Steelers.
1: Okay, bye-bye. <music>
0: Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.